you can always tell when somebody truly, especially somebody who you're close to, like isn't really in it, in it. Well, that's what Jessica said to me is, Steve, I hear what you're saying, but your heart is not in this. Right. You do not mean the words you are saying. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. What was your favorite soda growing up? Uh, (laughs) Guess I don't remember. I remember sodas like in certain eras of my life. For example, kiwi strawberry Shasta. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was like a high school. I liked the black cherry Shasta. So kiwi strawberry Shasta was probably fourth, fifth grade. Black Cherry Shasta was probably 6th, 7th, 8th grade. And then Tiki Punch Shasta Ooh. was college. Okay. <laughs> Living on the edge in college yeah. there. Yeah. That's really weird, Matt. I know. So what's your soda this age of life? I quit soda. Mm. And now you're drinking... But elderberry apple cider vinegar or whatever you just showed me. Uh, Trader Joe's organic sparkling elderberry plus pomegranate apple cider vinegar beverage. It's <laughs> a long name. That's the name of it. <laughs> That's what Matt is drinking tonight as we record. Yeah. But I would say in this era, it's been Coke. I would agree with that. Yeah. The only time I can think of right now where a soda played a significant role was on my mission. I loved. Ooh. Pina Fanta. Actually, it wasn't even Fanta. It was Pina uh, Tiki. Can't even think of the brand now, but whatever the... Yeah, I, uh, it was Fanta. Was it? Uh-huh. Okay. Pineapple Fanta, or Fanta. Inca Cola was a good one, too. Okay. Also pineapple. That was my go-to on my mission, too, was the Pina Fanta and Coca. Yeah, we were also told to drink Coke regularly because yeah. the acidity would help kill whatever bacteria we picked up during the day. <laughs> kill all the worms in our the belly. The worms. Those were your main sodas for your yep. life? Yep. For your life? Do you drink soda now? Not very often. Only Not vodka soda? <laughs> vodka soda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would definitely be a, probably a vodka soda person if I drank. That's what I always think when I hear drinks. It's not very yummy. It's just... Something with soda in it's it. Just, Carbonated water with vodka, low calories. Well, I'd want like real soda, not just soda water. Hmm. It's like a Crown and Coke. That's what you like. What? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Who was I talking I can picture what Jessica would be like drinking. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just. Because basically I'm crazy, anyways. <laughs> yeah, I just know your crazy stage, and I feel like that's what you'd be like. Yeah. If you got a little booze in you. Matt, I don't know. What do you like? Matt's what would lovey, you be like? I hear. Lovey? Matt's cuddly and lovey. If you drink, you'd be cuddly and lovey? Maybe. For once in your life? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. No, let's, let's actually... Matt, in the last, I would say... I want to say like six months. Maybe. Six months. <laughs> now he's going to be speaking Spanish. <laughs> Has gotten way more affectionate. Why? Más aficionado. 
I don't know, but there's definitely been like a shift in our relationship. Oh my gosh. Is it sexy when you speak Spanish? You guys started speaking Spanish in bed to me? (laughs) Si quieres. Of course. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It has been a while since you've been speaking Spanish on this, and usually it's like the announcer voice. Hmm. He's trying to pivot barea, now. La barea, la barea, la barea, la barea. <laughs> what is happening? La barea, Oh, gosh. <laughs> now he's praising. Yeah. Praising the Lord. I don't know what's happening All today, right. friends. What were you saying? So I can translate. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's a little more affectionate. Good, good for you guys. And lovey. I don't mind it at all. Okay. Matt and I are coming up on our 10-year wedding anniversary. 10 That's years. wild to me. Isn't that crazy? Doesn't it feel like you and I just had our seven-year wedding anniversary and got divorced? <laughs> no. That, that, seems <laughs> like that feels like a ago. lifetime ago. Does it? Yes. It does actually seem like a long time ago. Like, almost like it's it didn't weird. happen. Yeah, it's weird that it did happen. It is weird that it, it did, did happen. It did happen, though, right? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, I don't think we... We didn't make it all the way to seven. It was right before it was seven, week, right? Well... It was officially, we were officially divorced a week after our seven-year wedding anniversary. Oh, okay. So we were just before when we split up, because mm. I left at the end of October and yep. left you. Yeah. This is actually something I think maybe we need to talk about, because I coach a lot of individuals, a lot of women, who they're stuck in this phase where their partner can't decide if they're staying or going. And this is true whether their partner has come out or whether they've gone through betrayal. And a lot of them have been through both of those things or betrayal. But their partner... Thank you for elaborating there. (laughs) Their partner will be like, I don't know if I want to leave. I don't know what I want. And so their partner won't make a decision. And so they're like just stuck waiting. And I think it's interesting that it's the partner who's had an affair or some sort of betrayal that will make the decision. It is hell. I mean, that's how it was for us. I wouldn't make the decision. I couldn't, couldn't bring myself to say it, to accept it. So why do you feel like you couldn't say it, Steve? Why couldn't you? Because coming from that perspective, I mean, I have my thoughts on it and theories, but so many of these women are like, why can't they just say they're done? Or why can't they decide? I want to hear if you're- I spent my whole life telling myself that that wasn't what I wanted, that I wanted this life that I had. And it's not an easy thing to accept that you want something different than what you think you should want and what you've worked super hard and long to have Mm -hmm. and what your partner has committed to and put in all the time. I mean, it's just, it's not an easy thing to accept that I don't want this. Okay, but once I said the words that we needed to get divorced. I was relieved. Yeah. Not like an instant thing and it's not like a, I mean, it wasn't like a conscious manipulation of like making you be the one to say it. It was, yeah, I, I really don't think I would have brought myself to say it. I think we would have just been in that awful state of limbo for far too long. It is the worst place to be. Mm -hmm. You were there for a bit too, Matt. Oh, yeah. That's because she's the one that said she wanted a divorce, and I was like, okay, fine. You go do everything. Yeah, but even before that, you said you would stay. It wasn't that long. Like, you didn't sit in that limbo as long as, like, Steve and I did Mm -hmm. or lots of people that I work with. But you were in that for a little bit of you saying, I will stay. I'm in. I'll work through it. Yeah. I'll work on it. 
if this is what you want to do. And then waiting for the because other Because that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I think it's But you can always tell, like, you you can always tell when somebody truly, especially somebody who you're close to, can, like, isn't really in it, in it. Well, yeah. Like, that's what Jessica said to me is, <clears throat> Steve, I hear what you're saying, but your heart is not in this. Right. You do not mean the words you are saying. And I think so many of the women I work with, we feel that, but we're afraid. We don't want to accept that we know that's true, that we need to be done. And we just want the other person to tell us that or to be clear about it, even though... Like oftentimes what happens is the person will be like, yeah, I'm willing to work at it and blah, 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 but I don't think it's going to work out. And you never really said that, but you you just couldn't say the words that it like we need to get a divorce. That's for sure. I didn't know how in the world it ever could work out. I just was like so lost at how I would ever get back to a good place with you and mm-hmm. like be okay. But I couldn't bring myself to say... I'm done. I'm going to go explore this. So here's another. So let me let me ask this question: If you could give yourself a percentage as to how much you were in and how much you were out of the relationship after, like the affair, does that make sense? Like you were eighty percent sure that you were done, twenty percent sure that you could work things out, or is that even fair to say? I don't know how to put a percent on it. It just it was. Just more of that conflict of what I wanted and hated versus what I wanted myself to want. Okay. And just what would have happened with us is I would have, I mean, think of someone who doesn't have the guts to quit the job that they hate. Yeah. They just go downhill and downhill and downhill until one day they just like. Completely depressed. Yeah. They just can't go on. They can't get out of bed. They can't function. They get fired. You kind of. Right. That's what I would have ended up there. I don't know. So one of the things also that happens is somebody says they're done and then the other person's like, okay, and they're basically moving on. So most of the time when it's in a situation where the partner has come out, the partner who has come out has already found somebody new. They're already dating. They're already whatever. Like as soon as those words are said or even before those words are said. So it's either like our situation, Steve, where they've had an affair or like as soon as the ball drops that they're like <laughs> sorry <laughs> that they're like I don't even not get made a face. That's... We talked about this on another one, balls dropping. <laughs> anyway, as soon as they're like this is done, they're like instantly dating. But the weird thing that happens is is the partner who's come out or who's having the affair or who is moving on that quickly is still dragging their feet. Do you remember this happening? Oh yeah. Of you, I don't know you if were that's living. Common. You were living. Oh, it's common. Is it? It just like happens with almost every person I work with. You were living with Sebastian, and you were asking me why we had to get a divorce so quickly. You were like, "Why are we rushing this? Why do we need to get divorced?" Okay, like, but you were living with somebody else. But this again, <laughs> it's just that same thing of what I wanted and what I mm-hmm. wanted myself to want. I hated what I was doing. But it was a natural fit for me. I was drawn to it. I couldn't stop myself from moving down that path. But I hated it. Hated that I was doing it. I hated myself for letting myself do it. Yeah. So the part of me that was, it was heart versus heart versus mind. It was mm-hmm. what my brain was telling me I should do. 29 years of... Of conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. And 
what my heart for the first time ever was actually like embracing what was natural. Yeah. And I'm not like accusing you or anything here, Steve. I just want to bring this out because so many couples are experiencing this. And so I want the like the women who are in my situation to hear some of your thoughts on that. And I don't I don't I don't know if that's I mean, that's how it was for me. But I I don't know if that's a common mindset for guys that are in this scenario. Yeah. I, I don't I can't say they might that, not but. have the same mindset, but it's a similar the, the experience you and I had of you being like, why do we have to hurry? Why are we getting divorced? Can't we slow this down while you're like moved on and with somebody else? And I'm just trying to pick up my life, figure out what the hell just happened. Mm-hmm. Heck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we never swear. <laughs> and it's just like, but yet you're the one dragging your feet on the divorce. And so mm-hmm. it's just always interesting to me because it it's just does, internal conflict. And yeah. also, I hated that I was losing you. I hated yeah. that I was, I, and, and I panicked, you know, mm-hmm. I, every time you moved a little further away, I'd panic and like try and cling to what we had and try and get it back and try and hang on to it. And I mean, it wasn't easy losing you and letting you go and walking away from our marriage and the whole future we had planned out. And yeah, yeah it was. And again, like I can think of so many women right now that just need to hear that because their partner keeps dragging them in and can't let them go. And then these women are sucked back in emotionally and sometimes physically of like, oh my gosh, and feeling like I can't move on. And I'm like, this is why you have to create the space between the two of you. There has to be space until you can come together and not be like so intensely, like so emotionally connected. You can still be emotionally connected. Like I would say you and I are emotionally connected still, but it's way different than what it was mm-hmm. right when we were getting divorced. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Just <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Matt's no, sassy tonight. Uh, Matt, you definitely know your and my connection is way different than mine and Steve's. Correct. I would hope so. Yes. Well, you <laughs> that's the reason you're okay with mine and C's relationship is because you know it's not the same. Correct. I okay. would hope so. Oh my gosh. Please. <laughs> Please know that Matt knows this and he's just messing around. <laughs> that's <is> correct. <laughs> Please don't say I hope so. <laughs> you said it. Oh man. It's just well, go ahead. I'll just say what were we actually gonna talk about tonight? Was it this? <laughs> no, it's actually a topic that I think I want to wait to go into because I am so tired and feel like I don't have my thoughts con- collected mm-hmm. enough to talk about the topic. Why are you tired? <laughs> that we're going to talk about. You've had a long day, long week. Yeah. I mean, this is like... Long day? Give <laughs> This is... So the retreat starts... Today is Tuesday that we're Sorry, recording. Sorry, I just got back from pickleball. I haven't been caught up on what's <laughs> been going on here. And... The retreat starts Thursday, and so I am in, like, the end of planning and getting everything. It's crunch time for you. Yeah, it's crunch time. And I was, Retreat week. Yeah, and I was just telling Steve that leading up to these, I have moments, and I'm, like, super emotional, too, so I might start crying. 
<laughs> I think you should explain what your retreat is real quick. Yeah. So my retreat is focused on, I ha- actually have a series of them is what, what will be happening. So this first one is about being gentle with ourselves so we can show up boldly as ourselves. So a handful and, of the people that you coach are coming to Boise. Yes. Some of the women that I coach, some women who I've been on calls with, like they got on a call and they're like, hey, I need your support. And I'm like, come to the retreat. And they're like, yes, I'm in. Like, let's do this. So it's women who have either had a partner come out and or they've experienced some sort of crisis or betrayal in their relationship. And some of them are like in the thick of it right now. Like they just found out a few weeks ago or months ago that something is going on and others are like seven years out from their divorce, but they are still working through finding themselves. And the first one, this one is all about gentle healing. So we are going to learn how to be gentle with ourselves and stop judging our thoughts and actions as we are healing and how to release certain things so that we can actually heal without all of the judgment that we heap on ourselves. Just like you were talking about just now, Steve, of those, you know, we've had this grand vision of how our life is going to look and it no longer looks that way. And so it's hard to navigate. So that is what the retreat is. And I was just upstairs telling Steve that there always comes moments leading up to these retreats where I just am like, who the hell do I think I am? Heck. To be able to come in here and think that I can help these women. And and this is, you know, when you hear imposter syndrome or whatever, I don't actually identify. I don't call it imposter syndrome in what my do you call head. It? I don't know. I don't have a name for it. It's just, you know, just something that I think about sometimes. Being human and maybe questioning. Uh, yeah, doing. being human and thinking, you know, I think we all do this with anything we're doing. Do you feel that? Like, yeah. Oh, for any, sure. As any, a parent, as a friend, as a, I don't know. Go right. ahead. There's any big thing that we do, whether it's something of this nature or some big challenge we take on or, or a job, like a project at work or a half marathon or something, whatever it is you're doing, we're going to have moments of like, why did I think I could do this? I can't yeah. do this. I'm not qualified for this. I'm not the right person for this. I didn't train hard enough for this. Right. Right. And in this case, like, because this isn't just for me, I do this work because I see the breakthroughs and the help and support that I can give other women. And I have to, in those moments when I'm getting in my head about this, I remember I am making this about me in this moment. I am thinking about me and my own shortcomings and securities, whatever, instead of focusing on the fact that. I have talents and things I can do that I can utilize. I have a story. I have experiences that can help these women. And even just bringing them together in community helps them. And I'm providing them a space to come and to relax and to heal and just have that break that they need. And I love doing that. And so it's it's that shift. And I think, Steve, like I think about you when we first started the podcast of those moments of feeling that shame and guilt of sharing this story and the things you've experienced. And then you reminded yourself, this isn't about me. This is about helping that person who was me 10 years ago, who needs to hear this story so that they don't, they're not where I am. And I think part of that too was like separating out, like I don't have to have all my shit together and be an expert or have a degree or a certification or whatever. Like, it's just me talking about what I've been through and sharing some insights. If someone else finds that helpful, wonderful, you know? Yeah. 
that's, they do. And that's sad. I like I was so nervous for you when you did your last retreat. I was just like, <laughs> how is she doing this? Like and that's just like it's amazing that you did and are doing this and I loved the little bit of my involvement in your retreat last time. I loved seeing it and holy cow, it was so strong and but like I couldn't do that. I couldn't do what you're doing. At least I I, think I don't you, want I think you to, could, but I don't. Yeah. And that's the thing is I, you don't have to. If the drive's not there, then I understand. I, but I love that you have found the confidence to say, I do have enough to offer, like to, mm-hmm. to combat that thought that you had today of like, who the heck do I think I am? But you've combated that and, and found the confidence to say, I'm someone who's been through X, Y, Z and other people can benefit from it. And I'm going to bring them in here and teach them what I know. And I know it's impressive to see. Well, thanks. Because I just, I, I, you know, someone's asked me a couple times, just, hey, Steve, do you offer any kind of oh, counseling yeah, I get services asked on... or whatever? And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm happy to chat with you on Instagram. Like, message me. But I, that's the extent of it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not comfortable going further. As, like, it's impressive to me that you have taken it further. Yeah. In a way that's helped a lot of people. So, well, and Steve's response to this when I told you just now that I have moments of this leading up to these big retreats. And honestly, it's in any time I offer any services, there's moments of, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then remembering this isn't about me. This is about these women that I know need this help and support, and I can give it to them. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Steve said, you always just look so confident and calm. Like, <laughs> Like, good. Because like, oh, good to know you're nervous. <laughs> I didn't think you ever got nervous about stuff like this. Ultimately, I am confident and calm. Yeah. But there's always those things that, to be aware of and, and to recognize. Yeah, I'd, I'd never seen it, though. You've never let me see that side of you as far as your retreats and stuff. Go. But I think it's important to be nervous and to recognize yeah. that. I mean. It keeps you humble. Yep. Which is hugely important. I think it's massively important to understand. And it probably makes you more relatable to the people that you're connecting with. For sure. For sure. That you're not like, I don't know. I know me being on the, like, on the flip side of that, when I've met with someone who is in a position to be helping me with something, like, it's not helpful for me to like put them on a pedestal and see yeah. them as this like. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, you being vulnerable and showing that you've got your struggles with this too probably makes you more real. relatable and real. Right after I said that to you, I got a message from somebody who's coming to the retreat. And did they say, who do you think you are? How do you think you can do that? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> their comment was, and, and this is somebody that actually came to my last retreat and they're coming to this. They're actually coming to my next three retreats. And she said, thank you for creating this safe space for us mm-hmm. and for the work that you put into this and all those things. And I was like, all right, that's all I want is for people to have a safe space. And to feel seen and heard. And that's like all I wanted in our marriage, Steve, I feel like. And that's where I realized I was really good at this, is creating a safe space for people. Were you going to say something and then you got cut off? Do you even remember? Was it in Spanish? (laughs) (laughs) Tal vez. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever get a feeling like that, Matt? Of what? Of just what I'm talking about of who the heck do I think I am to be doing this? Yeah, I had that feeling today. In what? This, after- this afternoon, two o'clock. A pickleball? No. <laughs> no, it was at one o'clock. Because I got a message from Heather at 1250 saying, hey, somebody just scheduled a, a discovery call 
can you take it? And I was like, crap. I haven't had lunch yet. I don't know how well I'm going to take this. Do I even know what I'm doing? <laughs> Meaning just a potential client. A potential, a potential client okay. scheduled a call, and it was at 1 o'clock, and I was the only one able to take it. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to take this. <sighs> and then I was like, wait a second. I know how to do all of this. <laughs> You're like, the one that taught everybody like, else how to do yeah. this. <laughs> like, why, why am I scared of jumping on this call? Just because it's been a little bit. Yeah. And so I jumped on the call and it was an amazing call. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And it was with an author and she wants to send in her books. And I ended up being invited to her book launch in San Francisco <laughs> at a yacht club. And I'm like, I love that. And I felt like she felt seen and heard as another business owner because later in the call, she found out that I was the actual owner and she was like stoked and asking me all sorts of questions. Yeah. Anyways, it was, but again, it's how long have I been doing this? Like with ShipZoom? A long freaking time. Like 25 years or something. Yeah, about 25 years. And it's like, no matter how long you're doing something, when you take an action, it's always going to feel nerve wracking and it should. And you feel, you should feel like, okay, am I actually adequate enough to take this mm-hmm. and do this? Because that makes it real. Mm-hmm. That makes the whole feeling like real. Anyways, we surprise ourselves. And you get almost like this excitement behind your voice of, okay, I'm, I'm actually doing this. All right. And then mm-hmm. they get jazzed I on the other side. actually do know what I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. <laughs> and no one's more surprised about it than me. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. You know? Did you know I could do this? <laughs> do you get that? Because I'm killing it right yeah. now. Do you get that when you're flying? Uh, no, I still don't know what I'm doing up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. Um... I don't know if I experienced it with flying so much, but I can think of plenty of other occasions that just like, I don't know. I was thinking of like some job interviews where you sit down and you tell someone like, yes, I can do this. I can open this hotel for you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get the staff in place. I'll oversee the building. And after uh, the interview, you're like, what? and then you walk out and I'm like, crap, I just told them I could do all this. Like they're about to hire me to open a freaking hotel. And <laughs> No, I yeah. remember that when when I was overseeing Simple Suites, the grand opening. I was just like, I've never opened a new hotel before. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, but pulled but it did. off. You know, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> nailed it and quit. Nailed it and moved on. The <laughs> job here is done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do think it's it's interesting because there is an energy that comes when you're doing the things that you are good at, and when you embrace that fear and act. Because I get on these calls or on a coaching call or in the retreat where I'm actually teaching and working with these women, and it's like the most natural thing I could ever imagine doing, and it lights me up. Like I get fired up. I call it spicy, Jessica, (laughs) because I start laying it down. And it's because, and I can say things that could sound really harsh because I'm being real with these people, but because it's done out of love and like a genuine desire to connect with them, it doesn't come across that way. I remember, I think about this often, Steve, when we were in Belize, your mission president was the 
over our area, like over the church yeah, it was the when we lived down there. Area, area 70. 70 over Central America. And which I included Belize. Yeah. And it was cool because I got to see he was he's my grandpa's cousin as yeah, well, which is so enough. random. But we we saw them often. Like we saw your mission president and his wife often. And I remember one of the things that he said, and as we know, I don't remember lots of things, but I remember very clearly him at one of the meetings we were in that he spoke at saying, when you say something to somebody out of genuine love, like when it's really done out of love, not out of fear, not out of projection, not out of anything else, but genuine love, people hear it and they feel it. And they're willing to listen to what you have to say, even when it's something hard. And that's something that I've really kept with me. And I'm like, that's so true hmm. is when you do something out of genuine love. And I guess all I'm saying is that's why I do what I do. It's out of genuine love and desire to help and support other people. So, and I have to say your desire, Steve and Matt to be on this podcast, that desire to help other people is, I see the effects of it more than you guys do because people show up in my DMs and in our, in my email and all of these things saying, thank you. I needed to hear this. Thank you. You've changed the direction of our our relationship. You have touched our lives. You've helped, given me hope that I can have something different. We'll just go read our her reviews on our yeah. podcast. Yeah, like, yeah. But I, I mean, like, I'm just saying, of, like, you guys don't get to see. If you that. haven't left a review. Go ahead and leave one. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate it. Yeah, we and do. So and, do. And honestly, like, that's what lights us up. Like, mm-hmm. gives us the encouragement to keep going and keep sharing our stories, keep bringing you up to date with what's going on in our lives and how we're navigating it. And that's a question I was going to ask Steve. What? So it's been about three months since like we've switched Penny's schedule. And I was just going to want to follow up with it. Like, how are you feeling with it? How is it going? Like the time I miss her, we don't see nearly as much of her. But the time we do have her is far more quality time than it used to be. Right. And I think I very much like that. The relationship, the percentage of quality time versus tense or mundane or downright negative is far and few. Yeah. It's, I mean, and that's what so much better. Honestly, that's what I've noticed with because both you and Penny, I see as you are full of quality time you want the quality and like the quantity like puts that wall up anyways you're both less stressed about it we definitely are you're both just (laughs) like i said like she's she got what she i mean the whole reason we even started this was penny's stress level and anxiety level was higher than it's ever been and much of that was it was the first time that going back and forth was getting to her and Mm -hmm. she needed a little more structure a little more routine she has all these things that she relies on now to carry back and forth yeah. as a thirteen-year-old, and needed one place to have them all. And anyway, doesn't have to leave with a laundry basket, right? <laughs> well, and there's just so many things in play at this age: hormones, junior but, high, everything. Yeah. But it accomplished what it was intended to. Yeah, her stress level very quickly became manageable, and she was much less anxious. I mean, has it helped you? From me, I know that it's helped Jessica's stress level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like level, I always worry out. that it's I feel bad sometimes that you're having to take on so much of the 
mundane and the day to day and the structure and the. But you're good at those things. That's what and, I thrive on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and I would assume that it has helped your stress level as well. Like it has definitely. all around. I think it's. I don't know. I just want to get your take on it. The amount of I did not expect this, but it's been good for my relationship with Jalen. <laughs> and I just good. have a lot more time together that I we just spend the two of us. Like it's a lot more date nights than there used to be. Which yeah. coming into a like you guys aren't married, but like a second relationship, you know what it's I mean. It's definitely my first real yeah. long lasting relationship since being with you, Jessica. Yeah. Like coming into that with a kid is just a different feel because you do have different responsibilities to this person, this mm-hmm. other little person that's in your life. And so it does take away from some of the time she's you guys. She's not so little anymore. She's not so little. She's bigger than me, which, which isn't really saying much. But, <laughs> but it does change the dynamic of how you show up together in your relationship. I will say with school ending, I asked Penny today, I'm like, hey, what do you want your summer schedule to look like? I was like, I haven't talked to your mom lately about it, but I'm Mm-mm. sure we will soon about yeah. are things going to change for the summer or yeah. do we keep things the same? Do we switch it up? Like, What'd she say? Anything? She was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I figured, I figured you know? that was what she always says. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she wants to take summer school. <laughs> yeah, she just brought that up to me. I haven't even talked to you about that. I was going to look into it next week. She wants to try and graduate early. Really? Yeah. She's, she wants to be done, done with school. She wants That's to be funny. done. She didn't bring that up. We talked so. about swim and whatever else, but... Yeah, she's got some fun stuff going on, but she's also talking about some summer school. She told me today she's going to drop out. <laughs> yeah, she wants to do that, too. I can't remember what led up to that, but so talking something about high school, she's like, I'll just drop out. <laughs> she was just saying it to get a but rise out like of me. this is, like, why but... I'm pushing... Not pushing, but, like, if you want to be done with school early, there's an option to do that. There is. It's a little bit... I don't know if it's better... A little. That is so it weird. We're on the a person. little bit more. Did you guys in with? seventh grade know it was an option to be done with school early? Yeah. Like I didn't think about it. I don't that think did. I had any freaking my idea. Mom, like what? my mom graduated a year and a half early from high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But like I didn't think about it. I didn't think about I it. Just I just like, like was go with the flow <laughs> and doing things, and like heard more about like socializing, having fun, and socializing, and meeting people, and dating, and whatever. Yeah. But there's options. But that's the thing that I like is that our kids are seeing more of those options than maybe we did growing up. Because, Steve, you only saw one way that your life could look. Mm -hmm. And that was a mess (laughs) for you. Like being stuck in that one one lane was not for you and still isn't. And not because that way of life is a mess. No, but it wasn't for you. (laughs) Is is happy. Um, Yes. Most of them followed that way of life and are happy with it. I, it wasn't. It wasn't for me. <laughs> no, yeah, and like Matt and I are happy right, in basically right. that lane of life. I mean, not that we live it; it's different, and whatever. Right. But you get what I mean. Yeah. But like that wasn't productive for you, mm-hmm. and so I, I'm glad that our kids get to see, even with our within all of our family dynamics, they obviously get to see lots of different ways of living life. So, which I think is powerful. There's like, some boy at Chick Fil A that Penny thinks is cute. Oh yeah. <laughs> There are lots of boys <laughs> that Penny thinks are cute. <laughs> it's funny that I brought it up today at Chick-fil-A. And it was the first time that she's like, I know he's so cute. And not just like, Dad, stop, kind of a thing. Oh, no, she's into you, it. Yeah, if you ever want to get Penny to go somewhere with you, all you have to say, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of cute boys there. 
And she's like, oh, okay, I'll go get my shoes on. <laughs> well, she's all stoked for the steak dance this weekend. Okay, yeah. did we talk about the fact that you went to a steak dance with Penny and Jalen? And we're doing it again this Saturday. <laughs> and Penny's friends. And I just love, I just love no, we did not, asking but... you... Steve, did you ever think you'd go to a steak dance again in your life with my with boyfriend? With your boyfriend, <laughs> sure as heck didn't. And you but got you invited back. We had such a fun time. Like yeah. it just—it was Penny's. She just told me she's like, "Hey, Dad, there's a steak dance on Saturday. I'm with you. Can you take me?" And I was like, "Sure." Like, I mean, unless your mom wants to, that's more no. her area than mine. But so, what influenced you to get out of the car at the dance? Yeah. Well, that was my plan the whole time. I he wanted to go in and see. I she's thirteen. I didn't want to take her to her first steak dance and just drive away. Like, oh, that would have been my plan. I don't know. I just I don't I don't think I'm ready for my. I was chaperoning her <laughs> <laughs> straight up, and I told her that I was like, I mean, I didn't get to go to a. I wasn't allowed to go to a steak dance till I was sixteen. You know, and I don't know. I just in my mindset, she was too young to be there by herself on her own, and also like. What if some kids mean to her? Like, <laughs> I was keeping a watchful eye and like making sure she was good and okay and happy and yeah. I loved that you were so, sending me videos and stuff during the steak dance. Like, this is so great. Yeah. <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know, a steak dance is just a church dance. It's a large group for the youth. Yeah, yeah, for yeah for the Mormon youth. church. And no, I never thought I would be at one again. <laughs> and. I never thought I would be there with my boyfriend, and I never thought I would be comfortable being yeah. there in those circumstances. But, like, it was actually a cool experience. Like, one, it was really nice to be there, and I love that it didn't bother Penny that we were there. Yeah. She just went and did her thing and had her fun. And, yeah, one time we ended up, like, too close, and she's like, go away! <laughs> but that was it. Like, yeah. And we met some people that were like... You know, like, hey, I haven't seen you guys here before. Who are you? You know, like, <laughs> and they're like, come back next month. We always need more chaperones. And and I know a couple of people, but and initially, like, we kind of just, shall I say, we're on our best behavior <laughs> that we're gay dudes at a steak dance. But after a minute, you're not being at a there, rave. I was, huh? You're not at a rave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, I was just thinking, like, no PDA. Yeah. Thing. But then I was like, no, screw that. Yeah. There's probably 50 gay kids yep. in this room uh -huh. who would really benefit from seeing a happy gay couple who feels comfortable being in a Mormon church with their 13-year-old daughter. So if I feel like holding Jalen's hand, I'm going to hold his hand. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a lot of looks. And I could tell yeah. <laughs> at least a couple of boys who just looked at us the way I would have looked at someone at that age and just thought, oh, my God, you can be gay and happy yeah. and have a child and be in a Mormon church and be normal and not want to die. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I probably was projecting and reading into it way too much, but I swear I saw those looks from a couple of kids who needed to see a happy gay couple with a, with a Mormon daughter. Like, yeah, I think you're right, Steve. Yeah. And I think it's true. It, like, it sounds extreme on some level, what you just said of, I don't have to die. But I hear these stories all the time of kids who just think that because they're gay, because they identify there's as... There's no hope. There's no future. Queer, there's yeah, no way. That there's no other way to be. Either that they, they find just a way. To, uh -huh. 
They need to be gone. But you find a way to be on the path you were taught to be on or you'll never be happy. You'll never be successful. You'll never be worth yeah. anything. Like, And I didn't at all do any of that at the steak dance to be spiteful or to yeah, stick yeah. it in anyone's face. Or I like, know. no, it was just... It was all out of love. Yeah. The, there we go. Let's revert back to that. Like, Yeah. And this is... And, and I, I also very much like... I have come to realize that like my affection towards my partner, it's very important to me. I I value consistency in that and that I don't change up the way I am affectionate with him based on who's around. I just, I don't believe in doing that. I, the affection between he and I is about, is about he and I. And I, I, I don't want that to change because someone is around that might be uncomfortable with the fact that I love him and therefore He's no longer the recipient of my affection. Like, I don't know. There's, yeah. I've just come to realize that I, I don't like when I find myself acting differently with him because of an external influence. Yeah. And, you know, same thing went when I was with my family at my brother's funeral a month ago. Never yeah. thought I would be comfortable. There's a Spanish term for this. Sin vergüenza. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Without shame. Without shame. Without holding back. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's so important for people to see that, to see other people being themselves and real. It's interesting because I struggle with this dynamic. And I think most people do just being myself and recognizing I'm not showing up this way. And I'm church specifically, like I'm not showing up this way to church because I'm trying to be rebellious or in your face or create some stir or something. This is just who I am. And it's just like things like my hair. And how I dress and whatever. None of them are crazy, but they're outside of Mormon norms. And so it's like, edgy. A, yeah, it's edgy. And so I don't know. It's not like we're trying to prove a point or make a statement. It's just yeah. who I am. Well, okay. Jalen and I will be at a steak dance this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll just drop her off and go. But <laughs> I think it's fine. And like well, you said, I, just keep I the space. Fine, and she doesn't care. I would. I would recommend talking to Penny about that. Yeah. I don't know. Just, anyways, well, about the fact that we're staying. Yeah. Mm. She hasn't brought it up. No. Well, she has a little bit. What'd she yeah. say? Has she? Yeah. We're oh. in the car ride. I can't remember where we're going, oh. but she brought it up. She was just being like, well, and she's like, uh, and my dad's going to be going too. <laughs> so she's like, I don't think she really cares. Yeah. She's like planning for you to be there, but then like acting like maybe, maybe I don't want him there. But I think I'll, she, I'll, I'll read but the here's the thing. I think there, she's, I think, I think the last time, I think it gives okay. her comfort that yeah. you are there. But at the same time, I think it's just, it's one of those. It's teenagers. Yeah, it's like she wants. She's want gonna. It? She wants. She wants me there if she's if she needs me. Right. Yep. But she yep. doesn't want me there if she doesn't need. Me. Like if <laughs> yeah. she gets there and she's comfortable and she's happy and it's going great, get away, Dad. Yeah. But if she gets there and she's feeling insecure and a little uncomfortable or like whatever, it's nice like, knowing yeah. you're there. Yeah. And also, and it's Penny. every time Penny was dancing with the boy and her little friend wasn't, the little friend came back and sat with Jalen and I. It's cute. Every time. Yeah. yeah. And that was a comfort. comfort right. Place, and I right? love that we a... were her. Safe place. Safe place for her. Yeah. And I think so. it's huge. I I don't think yeah, she's thirteen. I think it's great. So yeah. Yeah. Um I think it's awesome. <laughs> okay. Cool. Thanks for being here, guys. Yep, yep. 
And we'll Happy see. Happy retreat week. <laughs> Thanks. I am excited. <laughs> and we will be back soon. Adios. Okay, my friend, before you go, I want to let you know that my next retreat is almost sold out. It is happening in September. It is September 14th through the 17th here in Boise, Idaho again. And I have just a couple spots left, like legit couple spots left. This one, because of how I have structured it, will sell out a lot faster, obviously. And so if you want in, if you are like, oh my gosh, I need this healing. I need to be in this safe space with these other women. I want to be able to have my voice back in my life and in my relationship. I want to feel confident in being myself and speaking up for myself and trusting my gut. Please, please come join us. You can click the link in the show notes to claim your spot now if you're like, I need one in. I also really love getting on a call with people before so that I can answer your questions and also make sure you're a good fit. If I feel like it's not a good fit for you, I'm going to tell you. I don't just invite anybody into the retreat. I really like to be able to get on a call. So if you are questioning, if you are wondering if you are a good fit for this retreat, please get on a call with me and let's get you here if it feels like something your heart is calling you to do. Again, I just have a couple spots left. I'm not just saying that to... (laughs) to get you in FOMO or to act right now, but also act right now because these spots will go. I'm sending you love, my friend. So much love. I know that things are hard, that things can be heavy, but I also know that we have to feel these things and embrace the feelings we have to be able to embrace the feelings on the other side of that, to be able to have all of the things we hope for in life. So please, please, please come join us and I would love to help guide you through the things that you are going through and be able to support you in any way that I can. Sending you love. Take care. Have a great week.